Glad to have you here today. Why don't you find somebody you haven't talked to and say, Good morning. Welcome to Bueller MB today. I did. <laughs> Hi. Uh, again, welcome here. Uh, isn't it hot outside? <laughs> nah, whoever said that, shame on you. No, I was kidding. Hey, really glad to have you here today to worship with us at Bueller MB. Uh, my name's Kurt. I'm the lead pastor here. My sidekick, Dustin, is off on a trip. We'll get to more of that in a little bit. But um, the most important thing I can say today is... No, it's not the most important thing. I was going to make a joke. To say the Bueller dynasty, the Bueller MB dynasty for best yard in Bueller continues. Judy Utsi, is she here today? No. Oh, no. we are, we are, it's a clean sweep. Bueller MB has all the best yards in Bueller, apparently. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Right, Ross Heidi? Yep, boy. Yep. And who was the other one? Uh, Steph and Brendan. Yeah. Right? Anyway, all right, just silliness. Hey, um, there's just a few things I want to keep you aware of because usually about now we say, you know, it's kind of summer, we're, we're, there's less going on, but here's the thing, we have decided, and I don't know who we is, but all of us in leadership here at the church and whatever decided that we needed to have a busy weekend. So we're going to have one. And if you look in your bulletin, you'll see how it starts. First of all, on July 23rd, so that's two weeks from last night. Two weeks from last night, we're going to have a worship night in this very room. We haven't had one for a while. We would love for you to plan on coming for this because, as we have said, worship is terribly important to the life of a believer, to the life of a church, and so Cindy's working hard on putting together a night that we can come together just to worship, and uh, you know how much I enjoy being part of that stuff still, too. So that's, that's uh, two weeks on Saturday. Then that Sunday on July 24th, so two weeks from today, uh, we're going to first of all have some guests. You remember, of course, Jonas and Lisa Sands. 
And um, they will be sharing, uh, catching us up on their ministry. They'll share a little bit in, in service, and then we're going to give them the second hour. And I want to, you know, encourage all the... Remember, I, I don't tell any group not to meet or to meet or whatever. I want you to do it. But uh, you're all invited to sh hear what the Sanses are up to. They're going to catch us up. And we thought, hey, wouldn't it be a great idea for a nice air-conditioned potluck? Okay, I'm going to hand this to him when I'm, I'm going to be more careful. Okay, let's try that for a minute. And Beej, okay, so sorry. Anyway, potluck. Uh, remember, uh, I was skeptical about the one when Tabor was here in March, and I couldn't be a part of it because we were off on a, uh, we went to that pastor's conference on Sunday afternoon. So I'm terribly excited about this one. Two weeks from today. And here's the thing, the control freak, did you, you might have heard that about the pastor. Um, I want to tell you all what to bring and how much, and all, but I'm not supposed to because it always just always works out. So bring food for yourself and others, and we're going to have a potluck on the 24th. Everybody with me? Amen. That doesn't mean you're going to come. It just means you understand the announcement, right? And then uh, we'll hear from the Sanzas, we'll share a meal, and then we'll all go home and take a nap. <laughs> but then, uh, doesn't everybody do that on Sundays? Then, ironically, we did plan this, uh, you know, like I said, we wanted to have a little spike in busyness because then on that Monday, BBS starts. So, uh, remember, uh, I, haven't, I, I haven't talked to anybody specifically in the last couple of days, but if you're interested in helping and you still haven't signed up, I'm sure they could use your help. We're looking forward to a great BBS time and uh, hope that um, our church represents well, and I know we will. So... That's the thing about a busy weekend coming up two weeks from today. Uh, otherwise, there's some stuff in the, in the bulletin you can check out. Maybe head over to Sunny's today. If you don't know what to do for lunch, they're having their uh, lunch deal today. You might run over there and see what's up at Sunny's. That might be good. And then Red Cross Blood Drive, stuff like that. Bulletin's a great thing. Uh, okay, here's who we are. We are Bueller MB, and this is what we're about. We're about our mission and vision. And we have been practicing a new thing in our culture here that if you want to share about how maybe God is working in your life, how you've either seen the vision working or just anything that's on your heart and mind, I want to give every, anybody a chance to share today that wants. And even though I don't have Dustin here to uh, stand up front, I'm going to come into the middle here and say, does anybody want to share today? It's okay. We're a little bit skinny. There's a lot of us on a mission trip to Florida. We're going to get to that in a sec. And anybody, anybody? Okay, it's all right. Remember, this is just a time for us to share if you've seen God work in some ways, something God's doing in your life, or something you've seen God do in somebody else's. It's all good. I can take silence for a little. Yeah, you know me better than that, don't you? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, Bill. Yeah, I know, thank you. <laughs> he said I'll be okay. All right. You share? <laughs> Judy, Ju, Ju, Judy Bantz is like, do I, you want to? It's up to you. Okay. Okay, so the Lord has put another young person in our life, uh, very isolated, lonely, and hard. But um, I was just talking to Kenny 
and I said, I have some more news to share with you about this young man. And he goes, uh-oh, good news or bad news? I said, well, I think in God's eyes it's all good news. <laughs> because it's, Pam said, it's a process. It is a process. And um, we're just learning to walk together with somebody that's very broken, very lost. So pray for him. Absolutely. Very good. Great. I know, you know what's funny? I know that some of you come up to me after church or some other times and say, you know, I almost got a, I almost wanted to raise my, so that's fine. We're all getting used to the new culture thing we do here. So if you ever remember, this is, we're leveling up. Uh, if there's something you want to share what God's doing, uh, please don't hesitate and we'll do it during this time, but it's okay. Okay. Looking, looking. Well, I want to give a shout out to uh, a couple of guys over here that drove the group to the airport at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> um, Saturday. Saturday? Okay, Kurt's confused. Yes, it was just yesterday morning. Yeah. Uh, the mission trip left and um, uh, somebody sent us a little video. So here's a little video. I'll give Lori a chance to get it up. I'm going to shush. There we go. What's up, Bueller? We are uh, here in Florida. We made it safely. Our uh, connecting flight got a little close because of a little bit of a delay, but we made it, and we have AC just like at church camp, so we're all really happy here. Yeah, so we've already been able to see God at work. Um, we were cutting close on luggage to begin with, and we thought we were going to have a little car. Um, instead, we got a free upgrade to a truck. We were able to fit everybody's in. We were still crammed to the brim. Um, but it was amazing that that happened for us so far. So I had a God moment on the way here. Our flight was a layover, and on the first flight, I lost my ticket to the second flight, but as we were standing up, it turns out it was on Matthew's seat the whole time, and it could have been on anyone's seat, so it's awesome to see that. Yeah, so I figured I'd share a little bit about the church uh, we're staying at here. Um, so actually, tomorrow morning, we're gonna be a part of their service. Um, we're gonna be able to sit in on that. And they will actually have a 400-person Spanish service while just having a 20-person um, English service. And so it's going to be uh, very awesome to see that different culture um, that we don't see a whole lot in Bueller. And um, so we just, yeah, ask the... Able to fit everybody's in. We were still cramped. Our flight was a layover. And on the first flight, I lost my ticket to the second flight. But as we were standing up, it turns out it was on Matthew's seat the whole time, and it could have been on anyone's seat, so it's awesome to see that. Yeah, so I figured I'd share a little bit about the church uh, we're staying at here. Um, so actually, tomorrow morning we're going to be a part of their service. Um, we're going to be able to sit in on that, and they will actually have a 400-person Spanish service while just having a 20-person um, English service. And so it's going to be uh, very awesome to see that different culture um, that we don't see a whole lot in Bueller. And um, so we just, yeah, ask that you keep praying for us and keep us in your thoughts. And um, yeah. See ya. Yo. Yeah, so they got there safely. Um, <laughs> Cooper, you got to give the guy credit. He's consistent. He's really concerned about the air conditioning. Uh, you remember where, 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 uh, 
Yeah, when the van, they took that trip to camp and the AC didn't work and they went all the way to Glorietti a year ago. And so I love it. He, so AC is working. I know we're all concerned. Anyway, sorry. Uh, looks like they're in for a great week. You heard Cade talking about uh, the Haitian church they'll be a part of. He said, if you didn't catch that, 400 people for a Spanish service and just 20 of them for an English service. So my encouragement is we didn't do the prayer bracelets for all of the participants but as god reminds you pray for this trip that they would not only be obviously safe and healthy and vans and cars would keep moving and all of that details and whatever but that they would really see god work in ways uh that would just be great for these young people and these there's several adults along too so just keep praying for them as they uh they'll be back in a week and we'll talk about because of that spike in busyness I mentioned earlier, we'll try to figure out when we'll have a report from them, but they will definitely have a chance to share uh, about the trip when they get back, okay? Uh, let's see, uh, a couple other things going on. Hey, is it your anniversary today? Denise and BJ, 40 years today. Congratulations, God's blessing. And there's somebody else in church that had a 60th birthday this week, but I've been told not to bring it up or I might get punched. <laughs> okay, that's so not true, but you can figure out who it is later. Um, I know, right? <laughs> it's a play, play a game. Uh, also, I hope you saw the email. Uh, Floyd Siemens passed away this past week. His service will be here in our church on Tuesday at 11 o'clock. And uh, we'll send that out again, but um, we just want to keep praying for the Floyd's family as uh, we celebrate his homegoing. And um, yeah, so uh, that's what I've got. I'm looking on my list to make sure I haven't forgotten anything. I'm looking for a couple of people that I was wondering about, but they're okay. There we go. So, hey, we're here to worship together. Why don't you stand with me? And I want to pray, and we're going to get on with our worship. <clears throat> God, we're so thankful for uh, your presence, for this new day. It's your day, and we will rejoice and be glad in it, because you have made it. And we want to be your people who are uh, good worshipers, who are good at community, and know what it means to hear your word. And so, God, I pray you would be with us in that endeavor today. Grant us your presence and your blessing in all that we do here. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. How great the chasm that lay between us, how high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving
gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer. There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus. For my life is wholly bound to His. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing all is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in me.
us to be and we bring our meager gifts to you and we know that you can do whatever it is you want with them and so we just surrender that to you we trust you with it and we want to praise your name we love you we praise you amen go ahead and have a seat and amen and amen Yeah, that song uh, would be you know, the desire of my heart is that we would turn our eyes to Jesus. Amen? Yeah, in all that we do. So, love it. Thank you worship team for leading us in worship today. Well, uh, <laughs> for those of you uh, as you've gotten to know me, you know <laughs> I'm like, what should I preach about? And we all know the answer. We're in Acts. Acts for us. So we're back. And so a couple week break. And um, uh, it's just funny how when I look at the calendar and realize we're going to, we'll probably have to accelerate our, uh, <laughs> accelerate the plan to, so we can be done by like Christmas, <laughs> you know, but uh, I hope, I really hope it's been good stuff. I don't know. For, I, there's, I know there's some of you that are probably compelled to do a little bit of reading and Acts on your own during the week and maybe during your quiet time or whatever. But I hope you've been finding Acts, even, even those stories that you're familiar with and like, oh, yeah, yeah. But I hope you're finding Acts to be compelling. Uh, God tapping us on the shoulder to say, are we living on mission? I'm going to keep saying that. I'm going to keep asking that. I'm going to keep talking about living on mission. That was the whole point of us being in Acts. But here we are. Uh, so a couple week break. I didn't know if maybe we needed to do a quick catch up. So let's just remind ourselves where we've been again. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I've talked a little bit occasionally up here about learning styles and what, what, uh, how we all sort of things get in and how God works in us and uh, a great conversation with educators in our church to talk about different learning styles. Anyway, so I say things, I repeat myself a lot. And that's on purpose because I'm that guy. I, it's like, you need to tell me a lot of times to get, so, so live on mission. Let's keep talking about that. I got it. I, some of you are like, I heard you once and I, I'm, okay, that's fine. But, uh, and there's other parts of Acts if we do a catch-up where it's like, I know, I know. I, I just want us all to be on the same page. So just a reminder, Acts is about uh, the continuing ministry of Jesus as the church is planted. And we've seen that we, or well, they, the disciples, the apostles, the disciples, that first group of Jesus followers would be his witness, right? to his death, well, his ministry, uh, you do the whole package, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. We, you know, they, and by uh, osmosis, no, by call and uh, mission, we have the same mission that we will be his witnesses. And so this is the story of Acts, and this is where we've been. And we said in 1-7, sorry, uh, there was a map of Acts. We'll, they would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. And finally, a couple weeks ago, <laughs> maybe not finally, but we put a bookend on the Jerusalem part because unfortunately the church was feeling the heat because all of a sudden now there was persecution. And uh, while the church was growing and the Spirit of God has been poured out on his people, woo, 
uh, now uh, there's been some opposition to the point, you know, where it was first a couple guys getting arrested and then a bunch of guys getting arrested and then a guy getting arrested and actually killed. And that's where we left off. Stephen made his defense, uh, called out those Jewish leaders, the Sanhedrin, and they responded, the crowd responded by stoning him to death. And then what we read at the end of that passage in the first part of chapter 8 was uh, a, you know, a persecution broke out among the church. And here's what happened church was scattered so obviously uh, this uh, so many of these little things you can decide how much of a you know a research you wanted to do on them and how much study you wanted to do on them but so the idea is probably that the the Jewish Christians were, were kind of okay in Jerusalem still because that was Jerusalem and so they hung out and so the Bible says that you know the Apostles hung out they stayed in Jerusalem, but all these other, all these other Greek speakers and whatever that were Jews, uh, but not, uh, uh, they were, like we talked about, the dispersion, the diaspora, you know, whatever. Uh, they, they were feeling the heat, and uh, it doesn't matter. But persecution came, people felt like we should get out of Jerusalem. And so what we have said here in this place before, even in the midst of bad things, even sinful things, God uses them right so here this bad thing persecution against the church but then we see it might be god's way of getting the church to spread and so we find ourselves today in uh, acts chapter 8 and um, we're going to be starting with verse 4 and i want you to hear the narrative as it's up on the screen and we're going to talk through the story then we're going to again as we have been look at what it might mean for us so here we are in acts chapter 8 verse 4 those who've been scattered so we 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 have the story stephen's uh, death heightened everybody's alarm and off we go and it's you know off uh, spread in the church so uh, those who had been scattered priesthood wherever they went Philip went down to a city in Samaria so Philip let's remind ourselves was one of the seven uh, when the seven were picked to take care of the widows remember they were uh, Greek Greek speaking Jews and so Stephen was one of them and now he's been killed we're gonna see Philip's name again but Philip he heads down to Samaria and he proclaimed the Messiah there. It's important for us to have a little bit of an understanding about what it looked like for Philip, uh, a Jew, to be going into Samaria. First of all, remember, and again, I just admit it, I repeat myself a lot just so we can all get it in our thick heads sometimes, or just because we forget. Uh, Samaritans and Jews, uh, you know, not so friendly. And so uh, that dispersion, that, that, that uh, uh, um, persecution that scattered the church, the good things are happening, Philip's deci Philip decides he's going to go, I'm going to go to Samaria. I, we don't, wow, really? Okay. And we need to understand about Samaria. Uh, if you're interested in this sort of thing, we don't know what city he went to. It just says a city in Samaria. It's an interesting study. Did he go to the capital? Did he go, you know, and it, whatever. Um, but he went to Samaria. And, and uh, Samaritans were not, let, let's be clear, Samaritans were not, are not Gentiles, like most of us are. Uh, they were sort of schismatic. Yep, big word, woohoo. Schismatics were sort of, the, they, they, there was a schism between them. Remember, all the way back when there were two kingdoms? 
There was Judah and there was Israel. Israel the Samaritans represent the, the lingering Israel factor. And they were considered sort of half-breeds because they intermarried with people and all that. You've heard, all, you've heard some of this before. But the reminder that this is not yet, it's coming, and it's a really cool thing for all of us, but this is not yet breaking into Gentile world, just for the record. Uh, this is uh, sort of, um, according to my buddy, one of my uh, commentators, Howard Marshall, to the Jews, Samaritans were not Gentiles, but schismatics. They were part of the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And what happens is, we know how this goes, sometimes relatives can have, uh, you know, harsher relationships than strangers. And so that's what we've seen with Judah and Samaria. And remember, um, the whole thing about a, a Messiah was... Uh, uh, a descendant of a Judea, a Judah, Judea, a Judah king, a, a kingdom of Judah king, right? David. And Samaritans are like, yeah, we're not sure we're so down with that. Remember? Because Samaritans, uh, they really only recognized that scripture, the Pentateuch, first five books. And then when that, when that schism happened, they went a little bit different direction. So not totally Gentile, but not totally Jew, this, this sort of special case. Here, here's my little point for this two minutes of whatever I've just been doing, you know, is to say, look at how God's working that out. So here originally they were all together all those, you know, hundreds of years ago, thousands or whatever, they were together. And God said, I'm starting with the Jews because we know salvation is from the Jews. And he says, I'm going to grab those lost sheep of mine too in Samaria. And that's sort of the next story we see. And then again, fortunately for all of us in the whole world, Gentiles is coming in Acts as well. Some great stuff coming. But are you with me how the progression sort, progression sort of going? So this is really cool. Philip felt compelled to go down and um, uh, talk to these the Samaritans. And here's what we see. This, this is marvelous. Um, there were signs. There were wonders. You know, and, and what happened is it got attention. And, and, there, and, and people started turning to Jesus. And that verse 8, there was great joy in the city. Let's not forget that. So here's... The scattering of the church, guys are going and preaching, and wouldn't you know they're bringing not only, you know, the good news of the gospel, but hope, restoration, joy, and we see that um, happening. Uh, moving on in the, in the narrative then. Now, turns out uh, what's happening is uh, Luke seems to want to give us a little bit of a commentary on what's going on in this particular culture and this time and place. He says, okay... Philip's down there, probably some others starting to preach in Samaria. There's this guy named Simon. Some of you might recognize him. We sometimes call him Simon the Sorcerer, Simon Magus, Simon the Magician. Uh, this is that Simon. And um, turns out he was really kind of a well-known, he was kind of a celebrity. He was kind of that, you know, he was all that. And you can see from here, um, he boasted that he was great. But he amazed everybody in Samaria and both high and low gave him their attention. And they said, wow, you know, this guy uh, is rightly called the great power of God. And then look at verse 11. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. So here's a guy that got everybody's attention. You know, um, there's a couple of things I want to say about Simon right here. Um, there are other non-biblical resources that talk about a Simon and again, if you're that kind of person that would like to study maybe where he ended up, you can sometimes hear about Simon being associated with a heretical uh, view called Gnosticism. Uh, 
sure, maybe, you know, some of those sources are terribly hard to prove and unreliable, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing. So, I, you know, if you've heard of Simon and what that means, that's great, but we're just going to stick with what we got here, and we just know that he was kind of a powerful, charismatic is my guess, that he, you know, and he was a, tra- he was a celebrity, he was famous, and he thought he was pretty cool. And so um, the other part is uh, the idea that he, you know, he, what was this magic he was practicing? You know, um, there's indications, obviously, even in just a short passage, that he was doing some sort of evil forces sort of magic that he was maybe tapping into. But here's my guess. He was probably a mix. He probably had some things that you'd go, oh my, he's, he's using you know, supernatural forces from the, from the enemy or something, at least at some level. But I'm guessing he was probably a bit of a charlatan anyway. And he knew how to do, he knew how to do David Copperfield or who's, who's a magician, these, an illusionist these days that you, uh, who's the guy, on, David Blaine, you know, whoever, I, I don't watch, uh, Penn and Teller, you know, whoever. Uh, he was probably a mix of that. So I wouldn't want to say one or the other, all the, but the, the indication even from this passage is he was using some, you know, probably t- tapping into some evil forces supernaturally. And this was Simon. They followed him because he'd amazed them for a long time in, uh, in his sorcery and his uh, celebrity. But here's the shift then. This is awesome, and I love this part of the narrative. But when these Samaritans heard Philip, they see his signs and wonders and be attracted to see, well, what's, what's going on with this guy? Well, let me tell you about Jesus, the Messiah. And these Samaritans, uh, I, I didn't make this clear, uh, they don't have the same, well, I, I tried to, <laughs> they don't have the same view as Messiah because, again, a, Dav- a Davidic, a Judah descendant. No, we're about Israel, our Israel, Samaria, you know. But somehow the power of who Jesus was in preaching from Philip Changed their hearts. And what does the passage say? They heard the good news of the kingdom. They were even baptized, men and women. And wouldn't you know it, here's the twist. Mr. All That, here's the gospel. And this passage says, even Simon believed and was baptized. Go figure, right? So this is the part I wanted to, why I wanted to say that before about Simon. Whatever else happened with him, if it's the same historical Simon or not, and we'll see. I, I can't judge Simon. I can't judge anybody. And we know Simon's story is probably a lot like people we know today. Kind of a little up and down. Was he really a believer? Guess what? God knows and I don't need to. Maybe. Does that make sense? I mean, you know what I mean. So, uh, and he, he's so enamored with Philip that he follows him everywhere because Philip's still able to do these great things and and so it's really he's just captivated follows Philip around keep that in the back of your mind while we go on with the narrative okay so now we go on to verse 14 so this is kind of a uh, I don't know it doesn't flow super smoothly but you can kind of see what Luke was after and he's trying to capture it pretty accurately historically and it turns out the home office hears about Samaria. Peter and John, I don't know if they had, you know, I was going to make a joke about smoke signals or carrier pigeons, just kidding. But somehow they start to hear, hey, something's going on in Samaria. It looks like God's working. Well, go figure. So maybe we should go check it out. Because whatever else we say, the apostles, Peter and John specifically for now, were clearly the leaders of the church. We've seen that in Acts, right? 
So somehow they get wind and they're like, hey, let's go check this out. And they sent, so Peter and John head out. And now this is, this is hard. This is hard. I just want to tell you. And if you're looking, <laughs> we've already been on this journey for over three years, so you guys know better. If you're looking for the pastor that has all the answers, look somewhere else because I just go, I don't know. So here's one of those times because here's the deal. It's, the Bible says in this passage, Peter and John came and they prayed, verse 15, for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit, this is the hard one, because the Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of Jesus. Now, this, again, if those of you that are like to do research and study, the bit I've done preparing for today, you know, there's, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of I don't know. Because what we've seen even in Acts, the Spirit comes on people differently. I know there are people even in our times today that talk about, no, here's the formula for the Spirit. It's not, that's no formula. Sometimes the Spirit seems to come on when somebody accepts Christ, when they're baptized, laying on of hands, whatever. There's nothing super consistent. And here's the thing that I keep saying about the Holy Spirit, besides the fact that we should be seeking Him. He's God and He gets to manifest Himself however He wants. So I, I, I don't know exactly what might have been going on, but here's the picture. I, I, I'm going to give you one answer in a second. But these believers hadn't received the Holy Spirit. And all I can say is God's bigger than me, so I'm not sure what all was going on. But here, here's my guess. Um, the best guess from these commentators and guys I looked at said, well, here's probably what's going on. Again, there's no formula. God does a lot of different things. His spirit, uh, his spirit is actually kind of wild. We can't tame the spirit of God, Amen. right? Amen. We just seek him, ask him to pour his spirit out on us. And maybe it's laying on of hands. Maybe he wins the winner, whatever. So, but here's, here's what they suggest that uh, they being smarter guys than me that have studied this. Um, it was probably something about, remember, you know, when Ananias lied and died? That seemed pretty extreme. So not as extreme, perhaps, but, but noteworthy. You go, hmm, the Samaritans didn't get the spirit initially or right away. There, there was probably a sense that God's saying, look, my church needs to be unified and needs to come together. And I want to show the world, the universe maybe, that these two factions that were mine initially are coming back together. So Israel or Samaria and Judah or Israel, you know what I'm saying? So uh, the initial Jerusalem guys said, we've heard what's going on. We're going to go down there and not exactly put their stamp of approval on it, but go say, hey, we're, we're down with this. And then some, for some reason and somehow God's spirit was then poured out also on the Samaritan believers. So here's the way uh, my buddy Howard Marshall again says, uh, the idea might be that God withheld his spirit until the coming of Peter and John in order that the Samaritans might be seen to be fully incorporated into the community of Jerusalem Christians who had received the spirit at Pentecost. So the idea that, look, we are all one here. We sent, you know, we sent the, the home office guys or, you know, I, uh, you know, the leaders of the church, Peter and John, to to see what's going on here. And we want you to be, we want us to all be all together. And God's spirit was poured out as a reflection of that. Okay. 
So that's what was going on. It, it's really remarkable. And again, I just want to say again, I will keep saying that we need to seek God's spirit and how he manifested is up to him. Yeah. So uh, that's the story. And it's thrown in there. It's a marvelous stuff. And you go, okay. I, I do want to say, I'm sorry, real quick. For, for them all those years ago and for us today, there's no indication. Luke doesn't give any indication that like the... The authenticity of the Samaritans' belief was somehow not, or that they were like not really believers. There's no indication of that. This was a God choice for, to, to wait on sending his spirit. Does that make sense? So um, anyway, and we, and we will continue to preach and believe that when you trust Jesus, the spirit of God lives inside you. We're just, that's how it, okay. So that's the story about that. And then we go back to Simon for a minute. And this is a fascinating little part of the narrative. Simon, who, you, who we have some indication that seems to be getting it. He, he got baptized, seems to be thinking, you know, trusting, he's trusting in Christ. But he sees this uh, laying on of hands when, they, when Peter and John laid their hands on these Samaritan believers somehow. Uh, Luke is very, uh, he doesn't give us much. So we don't know if all of a sudden they burst into different languages or if, you know, oh, tongues of fight, you know, there doesn't seem to be any of that. But something, something uh, was tangible that everybody around and Simon himself could see that the spirit of God was on these people. And unfortunately, now we see Simon's error, bad error. Uh, he sees that the spirit was given at the laying on of hands and he offered them money. Oh, Simon, don't. What are you thinking? <laughs> uh, so that then I can have this ability, so then I can put my hands on anybody and they'll receive the Holy Spirit. And Peter, duh, wasn't having this. He says, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gifts of God. You have no part or share in this ministry. Here's the bottom line. The real bottom line here is what we need to catch. Because your heart is not right before God. So, you know, bless his heart? No, I don't think so. Simon, what were you thinking? He thought he could buy a gift uh, of, of giving the Spirit. Peter goes on with his rebuke. Repent! Pray! Maybe he'll forgive you for having such a thought in your heart, for I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. So, you know, Peter's catching a vibe here about Simon. Simon sort of comes around. I'm not sure he came all the way around, but he says, pray, for the, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. It's interesting how self-centered he still is, right? It's not, oh, I'm sorry, I was wrong about this. It's all about, well, don't let these bad things happen. Pray for me, you know? And so we don't really have a resolution to that. And to put a bookend on Simon for the narrative, again, with all these other extra resources you might hear about Simon in some other places, I'm just going to say again, it's, it's hard to get a definitive picture of Simon's histor historicity? historical stuff okay and so what we know is you know, we've got an illustration here about a guy who seems to turn his heart but then Peter says you're really not because he's trying to manipulate God's spirit which doesn't seem smart at all then the passage ends after they had further Peter and John proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus they returned to Jerusalem and look at this they seem to preach their way all the way back even in Samaria so you see some remarkable stuff going on, some barriers being broken, some reconciliation between 
you know, Judaism proper and Samaria, and we see that the, the gospel, Jesus himself, is able to break those barriers and bind them together. And his spirit is even being poured out on the Samaritans, for Pete's sake. What if it's poured out on the Gentile? Oh, stay tuned for that, sorry. Okay? So, there's the, there's the narrative, the end of the narrative. And we've been looking at what this might mean for us. And simply today, I want to suggest that I think uh, there's so many directions to go with this really great passage. But I'm going to suggest that it's a very early, remember we just started the new chapter out of Jerusalem and into Judea and Samaria. We're, we're spreading out, the church is being spread. And I want to say to us today, all these years later in Bueller, Kansas in 2022, it's an, even in this initial passage, I believe we are getting some tips for how we can live in our Samaria. So that's what, I, that's what I think we can grab onto today. Some tips for living on mission in our Samaria or Judea. You know, uh, those are regional things for us today. All I mean is maybe getting beyond uh, our, our smallest community. It's the next, and it's, it's vague, whatever, your next biggest community is before we get to the ends of the earth, right? So I don't want to talk about counties or states. I could, whatever, but whatever that looks like. I believe this passage gives us some early tips for living on mission in Samaria, in our Samaria. So here's the first one. Don't get too enamored with popular people. You see... Part of the narrative we have to catch is that uh, Luke made a point to say, hey, these, these Samaritans, they were following this guy that seemed to be all that. You see, because here's what the passage says. Let me go back and show you. He, this is remarkable in verse 10. All the people gave him their attention. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. And so I had said popular people, but what I mean is popular, powerful, charismatic, whatever, loudest. We need to be really careful that we don't get captivated and enamored and whatever else other words we could use with people like that. Uh, you're going, well, what? what do you mean? Oh, Here's how it translates in some ways in, in our times. Um, oh, let's see. I, I, you know what? Our crowd is so hard for me to catch because so many people, I'm going to say Justin Bieber. Who knows who that is a little bit? Come on, tell me. Oh, good. Okay. Well, do you remember Justin Bieber, this, you know, young guy, singer, and he gets all of a sudden sort of some play because he goes, uh, did he go to Hillsong? Yeah, he went to a Hillsong church and had a relationship with, a, you know. I'm not, I'm not judging anybody about it, but it's easy to go, oh, Justin Bieber. Okay, let me make it a little bit, you know. Um, how about Alice Cooper? Do you guys know Alice Cooper became, like, he's a believer. And I'll admit, I think that's kind of cool, you know. But we don't want to get enamored with the person. You know, let me, uh, how about bring it down here. Um, you know, Tim Tebow. You know, um, he, he you know, and, and again, I, I, I'm suggesting these guys follow Jesus well, perhaps, or whatever. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Um, uh, uh, I was thinking about other people. Oh, I, oh you know, Jane Fonda. <laughs> Right? And you go, really? You know, okay, here's the thing. Why I, tried to, I was trying to get a broad bait. I don't know where their hearts are, but I don't want to get enamored because, oh, Justin Bieber became, that might mean something for, uh, no, no. 
So we have to really be careful as we live in our Samaria to not get overwhelmed or uh, have a, a hero worship kind of thing just because somebody maybe starts to trust you. We're so glad people trust Jesus, including celebrities, but it's not about them, is it? No, it's not. So don't, don't find too many Simons in your life because it can lead to bad things. Um, then... And the second thing to live on mission, don't, you, don't even think about using the gospel or the Holy Spirit for your own agenda. Just to remind us from the, from the narrative, here's what Simon did. He tried to offer him money. I want everyone who I lay my hands on you know, to receive the Spirit. And then Peter says, your heart's not right. That's a reminder. Um, anytime we try to do something uh, that is religious or pseudo-spiritual but not really kingdom is problematic. And I, I think the best illustration is probably, um, I don't know, in the 80s when televangelists were kind of all that. And I could mention some scary names. <laughs> sorry, I'm trying not to be judgy, but maybe a Robert Tilton or a Benny Hinn or someone like that who seems to just have their own agenda for their spiritual stuff on television or whatever. So you cannot even, you know, A, God's not having it. You can't use his spirit for your own purposes, my goodness. But we might be tempted sometimes to manipulate spiritual things and it will never go well. Everybody with me? Don't be too enamored with celebrities. Don't try to use anything spiritual for your own agenda. Third thing, keep the focus on Jesus. And everybody said... Keep the focus on Jesus. Look at Philip. He, he went down to Samaria and he started a business and he tried to find a wife. And he, No, what does it say? He proclaimed the Messiah. And then later on, he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom and the name of Jesus Christ. We have to keep our focus on Jesus. And it is tempting for us to get distracted with other things. But people, we have to start there. Show people who Jesus is, and maybe we can have conversations about other things, right? Keep your focus on Jesus, because that's, uh, that's what we've been called to do. That's what the whole idea of living on mission is about, telling others who Jesus is. Um, fourth thing, and this, I tried to breeze over it intentionally. This is probably the heart of the matter, people. Preach the word wherever, whenever, however you go. Preach the word wherever you go because this is remarkable in one silly little sentence at the beginning of our passage today. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. What does that suggest? It was second nature. It was built in. I'm going wherever I go and I can't help but tell people about Jesus. Is that us? Does that reflect us? That's why we're talking about this book of Acts, to live on mission. Wherever, however, oh, how did I say it? <laughs> Wherever, whenever, however you go, preach Jesus, whatever that looks like. And then the last one, and here's the, here's the full list. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm making it very clear that I don't always know what that looks like. I, I have been, I will, uh, I will tell you, since we've been in Acts, God has been working on me for what that might look like. 
because we have a lot of noise in our spiritual and our church world about uh, what it means to have the Spirit in your life. And we have a lot of, it's, it's good conversations and good debate uh, about maybe how God does manifest his spirit in a lot of, you know, and so we have charismatic movements and no, we don't need it. So here's my thing. Whatever that looks like, I want to encourage each of us to rely on the spirit, seek the spirit. And you're going to hear language from me. Hopefully you've already heard it uh, that reflects that, that I want God to pour out his spirit on our church. I want us to be the church he wants us to be. And we can only be that if we rely on his spirit. And I don't know, it doesn't mean we're all going to be speaking other languages. It doesn't mean we're going to see miracles or shaking buildings necessarily. But I want to trust God's spirit. You guys too? Yeah? Whatever it looks like. And it's time to put some, uh, the thing I've been convinced of, I would have told you I had the charismatic debate when I was in high school with my charismatic friends and thought I was, now a lot of years later, it's just still relevant to just say, hey, we may not agree on everything, but we do want God's spirit to, God's spirit to pour out on us. So here's the list. Tips for living on mission. Watch out for two, two popular people that think they're all that powerful uh, influencers, you know, whatever. Just be aware. Don't use anything spiritual, the gospel or God's spirit for your own agenda. Keep the focus on Jesus. Amen. Preach the word wherever you go and rely on the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you to pray this list this week. God, am I letting some person be too much in my spiritual journey? Maybe, maybe not. That might be not, not a thing. Am I using anything, even, even uh, without really knowing it, spiritual to, for my own agenda? I only want God's agenda. We talk a lot about surrender. We talk a lot about doing what God wants. That's the same idea. Can you keep your focus on Jesus? Can you preach the word wherever, whenever, where, however you go? And can you rely on the Spirit? I'd love for you to pray through that this week and see how God starts to work and move. I have been visib visibly, no, I have clearly been affected by this study in Acts um, and what it means to follow Jesus well. And I, if I've ever given you the impression, I hope not, it's not really my style, but to say, you need to live on mission like I am. As your pastor, I'm really cool and living on mission, you know, no, I'm, I'm struggling with the rest of you. What does it mean to live on mission? Do I know how to talk to a non-believer or in our, in our community, uh, a sort of believer? You know, that's the hardest thing around here. So many people have a little bit of knowledge or some experience with church or something. It makes it harder, but we're relying on his spirit. We're keeping the focus on Jesus. So I wouldn't want any of you to think that I'm trying to say, catch up with me. I, that's so not true. I want us all to level up together onto what it means to really follow Jesus well and live on mission. So uh, there are still coming some really great stories in Acts, as there have been. So we're going to keep grinding through. And I would just encourage you to also follow along as you can. And, and again, ask God to move through these narratives, through these stories from Acts about what it means for you today in 2022 in Bueller, Kansas. Let's pray. God, we love you. We're so thankful that uh, you had a plan for us 
a reconciliation plan that came in the, in the person of Jesus. And God, as we seek to follow him better and better, I pray that we would know what it means to live on mission. And we would take to heart these stories from Acts. And we would know how to really rely on your spirit in all that we do and keep the focus on Jesus. I pray that for myself. I pray that for my church family here. And God, I pray that uh, you would be glorified and honored in all that we do, God. Show us your path, so show us your way. God, thank you for uh, our church, for our congregation. I pray that you would bless the offering that is given as we leave. Uh, you would bless the giver and the gift. And God, I pray that as we go throughout, we know that we remind us that we're not alone. So I pray that you'd be with anyone that needs your touch, your presence in some new way. Pray that you just be with them um, and encourage them, strengthen their hearts. Otherwise, God, we are just so thankful to be in your presence and we're so thankful that we know you. Pray that you would bless us even as we part company in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as usual, receptacles on the way out for tithes and offerings. Uh, I keep forgetting I want to mention the card sooner in the service, but I forgot. So if you want a, a prayer request or something with communicate with the leadership, please drop that in as well. Groups will start at about 11. And remember, two weeks, two weeks from today, we're having a busy Sunday, fun, busy Sunday. So think about planning your life around that <laughs> for a day. Otherwise, have a great afternoon. Peace.